No ketchup. No ketchup. Really good, my people. Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me, as always. NFL Week 7, you know what we're leading with. We'll have a whole NBA podcast later on. But NFL Week 7, favorite score, uh, favorite storylines going into the week. Scoring's down across the board. We got to talk about that. If you're betting unders in the NFL the last couple weeks, you are absolutely cashing out. The bankroll is looking very stout for sure. Then we're going to get into the Philly sports fandom. What's going on right now in Philly is crazy. Phillies are rolling. Philadelphia Eagles, I know they dropped a game. They're still 5-1. and one. They're still rolling as well. Still one of the best teams in the NFC. Biggest winners out of all this might be the 76ers because no one, no one paying attention to those boys right the now. mess over there, yeah. And what's going on with James. Then I want to talk about Dak Prescott. You want to talk about a, a no-win situation. That's what Dak Prescott is in on a week to week basis. And then kind of ridiculous. Belichick and the New England Patriots are on a, are in a, are in a pickle. We'll talk about that. A <laughs> couple other things going on for sure. You already know what time it is. No catch on Sports Talk Bay Chicago. Let's go. Big Nick the Quick. What's goody? How we feeling? Man, you already know. She the hat, man. Chicago Breeze Legends. I think I'm going to drop I like. it. It's beautiful. I think it's, I think I it's clean it. enough to drop. You know what I'm saying? So be on the lookout for that. I'm, Might I'm, be a little pricey. Off. First off, a trip to Iowa City. I know you've. Uh, I'm assuming you've been there before. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out my high school girlfriend, man. She went to Iowa. She went yeah. to Iowa, so I was up. Decent campus. Iowa City a couple Decent times. campus. Yeah. I'm always whenever I'm around a college town. You know, obviously with a daughter who's going to be in college in a few years. I'm always I'm always taking an extra eye around it. I wouldn't mind that one. Was that crazy? Uh, I, I just shouted been... out the high school girlfriend on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I, was, was I, was, I wasn't going to go that far. <laughs> I've been there before. Uh, I, was just gonna say, I, I knew. <laughs> But I assume that you had been there before. I wasn't gonna, you know, you know that. Was that crazy? That was yeah, kind of wild. Yeah, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was a little wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I've been to Iowa. Anyways, so. yeah, yeah. Kin- anyways, decent Kansas. Yeah, uh, campus. Yeah, I drove by Kinnick Stadium. Decent over Kinnick there. Kinnick Stadium so. is all right. I've yeah, been in, yeah. I've been Not inside a bad Kinnick. Yeah. Kind of gave me like the Evanston Ann Arbor type vibe of a college town, which uh, which was decent, man. You know. So, yeah, I've been out there a few times. Three hours was- away. It was uh, yeah. a lot of fun every time I've, I've it gone. It looked like so. a lot of fun. It did look like a place that would be a lot of fun yeah. to go to school at. Shout out Kirk yeah. Ferentz up there. Shout out boy. Him and his whole Score, family. Scoring, scoring no touchdowns. His whole Someone family. He got his son now running it, right? I know. Someone had a shirt on that said punts are win- punts is winning. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I saw a stat on the Iowa football team. 60. Hey, Nick. 60% of their offensive possessions, three and out. <laughs> and they're 24th in the nation. <laughs> that's almost impossible. That's yeah, that's crazy. In 2023, 60% in of the time yeah. you get the ball in college, you're going three and out. But they that's win games. Really... He's, he's been up there forever, right? He's been up there for like 30 years. Well, that's his, his – he's gone now. His son is running it, I'm pretty sure. No, his son's the offensive coordinator, I think. I think oh, is that Jared, what it is? Yeah, that's yeah, like, maybe that's what it is. Uh, everybody's in, bro. It's nepotism. Everybody's in, man. Yeah, they cashing out. They've been eating cashing good. Out, over there. Bro. We love it. We love it out here in Iowa City. His Iowa City crib got to be crazy. Crazy. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Shout out Kirk Ferris, man. Uh, he's been there since 1999. Yeah, shout out Kirk yeah, Ferris. Shout out Kirk, man. He's been getting some big checks for a Absolutely minute. Absolutely rich. <laughs> How are you? How are you, Mr. Ferris? I'm rich. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, I, I wasn't expecting us to open the show talking about Iowa and Kirk <laughs> Ferentz, but here we are. You know what I'm saying? Let's get into NFL Week Seven because, man, this is when I really start to feel like things are starting to settle. We're really almost, almost a little past a quarter way of the season, not all the way halfway, especially now with the 17 week season, but. We know a lot about these squads here coming in, and this Week 7 slate has actually been really interesting. Over For those who don't know, me and Nick are in a pick week to week, and we have to pick five games against the spread. They These slates have been tough. There hasn't been a week the last three weeks where I've looked at him like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going here, 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 and here, and here. I'm leaning there. Because typically what I do, this is my process when I'm picking my five, actually. I'll open it and I just fire off right away on like what I think. No research, no nothing. And I'll save. And then I get back and go through all my, my, my research and go through all my stuff and then come back and adjust. Sometimes that gut play, just purely a gut play stays. Sometimes I'll change all five. But there's been times where I've opened it up and I can't even pick five. I'm like, damn. And let's start it right. We get the we we get the advantage and disadvantage of going off the lines, whatever they're at on Monday night when it when it opens up, right? Yeah, they get after, set after Monday night football. So whatever happens between Monday night and Sunday morning, we're not affected by for better or for worse. So yeah, it gets it gets set like Tuesday or somewhere Tuesday, somewhere in Tuesday between. Morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but after because, essentially after, yeah, but it doesn't move. My point is, it doesn't move throughout the week. It's, it's yes. what it's at is what it's at. So. There's been some couple last couple weeks where I've opened up and I'm had a hard time getting through my five off my gut because they have been super tight. And that leads us into our first topic we wanted to talk about. NFL scoring across the board is down. Big Nick the Quick, you got some numbers for us. Well, we got 13 teams right now currently under 21 points per game. And when you look at the bottom, um, starting with the New York Giants, New York Giants averaging 11.8 points per game. 9.3 in their last three, so it's not getting better, and a poultry 1.5 points at home. You got teams like the Patriots averaging 12 points a game, 6.7 in their last three. But even when you look at some of the other teams under 21, you look at um, Cincinnati, right? You look at uh, Cleveland, who was supposed to have a franchise quarterback. You look at Tampa Bay coming off of some really good offensive years with Tom Brady. I understand there's a massive drop-off between Brady and Baker Mayfield, but it just seems like across the board, and really looking this past week, Offense just looks anemic across the NFL, right? Um, and I wanted to ask you, it was an interesting conversation. They were asking Rodgers about it yesterday on the McAfee show. And he attributed to offenses being bad, not necessarily defenses being good, which I thought was interesting. Um, for me, I think it's a mix of both. I don't think coaching has a big part of it. If you look at some of these coaching decisions around the league where various coaches are just leaving points on the table, like I get Staley has his his fourth down philosophy. But in a game like that one where it's already extremely low scoring, to not go for the field goal there is almost just dumb. So I think decisions like that are absolutely contributing to it. But something's going on, right? You would think that with some of the rule changes on the defenses, you constantly hear defensive guys talk about how hard it is to defend and everything's a penalty. You would think that the scoring would just be exploding across the board. But it doesn't appear to be that way, man. So I want to know, what, what, what's your take on it? What are you seeing 
I know you watch almost every game. I watch just yeah. about every game of the ones that I can. Um, is it quarterback play? Is it defenses? Is it coaching? What's going on? Yeah, it's all that. It's all, so it's all, it's deep, all of that. All of the above. I, I would say legitimately it's, it's a lot of quarterback play, man. There's legit 12 quarterbacks that can actually play. And that are in in situations that are actually solid enough. Twelve is a little is a little short, but maybe fifteen. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the cutoff, and he, he overall he's just not very consistent and very good. He turns the ball over quite a bit. He can't push it downfield. It's just it is what it is. He's he's that cutoff of where this guy is not very good. Like this dude's not gonna like. In what way, shape, or form, watching if you watch Jimmy Garoppolo and go back and watch some of these turnovers and that Raiders offense, how are they going to score 25 points again? And, like, in what world are they going to be able to do that consistently? Derek Carr is the same way, and especially the brand of offense they play in New Orleans. Those guys aren't putting up 24, 25 points a game. It, 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 I would go with quarterback play first. Okay. And – so you think there's just a lack of quarterbacks that can actually get you to those levels of points per game at this point? Yeah, I do. So like someone like Burrow's an outlier. You think that's all injury and just the, the issues that they have? He's over played there? bad, man. It's sixteen point seven points per game. Burrow's been Burrow's been bad, but it He's is a mix bad. of of some type of injury with the calf and getting over that and coming into the season. And remember when we talked about coming into the year. Why is everyone just ignoring this calf? Like he's just going to yeah, show up week on, one. You're on that day one like, and just be, be fine. completely fine. I don't get it. Yeah. And then we got guys like Watson, who we don't know if he's he's is he back? Is he not? Yeah, he's been poor. Like a strange situation. Yeah, going so on it's there. like yeah. there's that. Like the guys that are playing elite quarterback, there's like ten of them. Well, but then even like you look at the bottom end, right? Like we've never. I don't know if we've ever had a bottom end of two teams quite like the Patriots and the Giants that happen to be in the same. Oh, not in the same division. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll yeah, CMC. East but side, two teams in the Patriots. Yeah, 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 it's a different conference. But two teams in the Patriots and Giants that are getting worse offensively as the season goes on and are putting up offensive numbers that I don't know if we've ever seen teams be this incompetent offensively. Yeah, no, it's bad. I mean, we talk about unders and gambling. Like the, for instance, the Bears, the Bears are not in the bottom 10 of scoring offense in the NFL. That's how bad scoring offense is in the NFL. The Bears are 19th. They're 13 teams worse than the Bears at scoring touchdowns in the NFL. Total- that, to me, is astounding, right? If you were just to watch the Bears and not watch any other teams, you would assume this is one of the worst offensive teams in the NFL, and the numbers don't necessarily bear that out. Like, no pun intended. Totals 55 and 36 to the under this school year. That's <laughs> or this, this school year. This year, that's 60.4%. So if you I mean, bet the under every single game. You bet the under eating, every you're week. crazy. You would be eating right now. You're the, so, yeah, you're, yeah, you're one of the best handicappers in the world. It's, it's really – yeah, it's, it's it's simple. I think it's a – I think it's funny, man, because I think being an NFL coach is very difficult. I think being an offensive mind is even more difficult. I think I they think, make it more – yeah. And I think playing the position of quarterback is the hardest thing in the in sports. It's that difficult. You You need so many things to be on your side and be going right and working with you. And then when that stuff is working and running correctly, you need to be on top of your game. Do you think that head coaching, a lot of these newer or the up-and-coming guys or whatever it is, do you think that we've kind of rushed a lot of these guys through and they don't really necessarily possess the uh, the situational awareness or well, clock management 
that is required to run a team. Because when you're a head coach, it's not just calling plays, right? Like, well, it's just the a nature of the business. Part of it is managing the game, right? It's and just you about, see a lot of just... these decisions. I talk about Staley. You know, you see even a guy like McCarthy, who's been a coach for a long time. We've talked about his situational awareness and his multiple blunders for a long time now. So you think that that contributes to it as well? Overall, I think it's just the nature of the business. Of course, that contributes, but you're going to have turnover. The way the NFL has turnover, you're going to get guys that are green and they're not going to be ready to be coaches. And then they're going to get turned over as well. It's just the nature of how cutthroat the business is, how much win right now matters, and how short these leashes are getting. Like, for example, I still I still stand on I would want Justin Fields to play the entire year. Like, I'm not changing my narrative on that. I still don't know if he could play for real or not. Does he have flaws? Yeah. Can they we be fixed? Yeah. yeah. I, I I think if you got him in a different situation, we might be talking about this dude being an absolute killer. And we talk about, too, just overall organizational culture. Ravens are a great organizational culture. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a great culture. If you look around the league, a lot of these offenses that are struggling, they have young quarterbacks. The coach is suspect or new, and the organizational culture is bad. It's You have to be a crazy talent as a quarterback to overcome a lot of these things, mm-hmm. and that's where the issues start to come in. Now, it looks like in Houston, D'Amico Ryans is starting, is starting to turn over that, that culture, though. 100%. And it looks like they're going in the right direction, and what do you know? The young quarterback seems to have his head on straight and shit's going the right way. So, Wait, so you're saying that competent organizations make a difference? Competent organizations. And no one would call the Texans competent over the last few years, but it, like, like to your point, D'Amico Ryans has come in, and it could be as simple as a head coach coming in and establishing some sort of accountability, a process, you know, an expectation of how things are supposed to be done. And to your point, yeah, it changed their entire thing, right? If you're a Texans fan right now, you're feeling you went great. from last year being like, I don't know where we're going to like, hey, I don't care what happens the rest of this year. Like, we have our guy. Nick, if you and remember, yeah. D'Amico Ryans and the Houston Texans, they had him on the tarmac. They, they get, remember, Do you remember when they hired him? And they're like, no. we get, D'Amico Ryans is the new I'll, – I'll, I'll pull up a picture for you. He, sh- he showed up to Houston with his family – they were taking pictures on the tarmac with the jet, like Houston, I've arrived type of I'm thing. Here. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like a almost like a different feeling then. Oh, let me see if I can find it. Like you just felt good about how they welcomed well, it's, in. It's, like they were just, they were taking this shit seriously. You know what I'm saying? Like this yeah. was their guy. Well, that's like the story, you know, Tomlin. They said when Mike Tomlin came to interview for the Steelers job that uh Rooney, the Papa Rooney, picked him up from the airport in like a nineteen ninety two Honda Accord. And like drove him to the interview, you know what I mean? Just like you wanted to get to know him, wanted to have that conversation with him, which is old school and all that. But like, you'd love to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? So obviously that works if that's how they handle business, man. Yeah, so that shit does matter for sure. I always thought that was a cool story. And if you, like, what other owner in the NFL is picking up a guy from the airport? You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. Could you picture? Could you picture? I don't know. Throw out an owner. Yeah, for the, Dan the Snyder Bears. When he was around. Yeah, yeah. Whoever owns, yeah, the freaking McCaskey is picking up anybody from the dock. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, I got it. Here it is. They send you the Uber split at the end of the ride. <laughs> Hold on. There's like 14 pictures here. But 
I can't, I can't get, I can't get it to pull up. What I'm getting at is go, go Google D'Amico Ryan's arrives in Houston. He has his whole family out in front on the tarmac. They're taking pictures. They're all wearing Navy blue and red for the Texans colors. It looked the, 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 the the presentation of everything looked very good. And if you also remember D'Amico Ryan's played for the Texans. Yeah. He was a Texans guy. So It, it, it looks like all that stuff is going really well over there. So, so you're saying it's just lack of lack. You're saying it's everything. Lack of quarterback. Defenses are better. We haven't talked about defense. So do you think defenses have anything to do with this? Um, I don't. I, I lean more bad offense than good good okay. defensive play so because if you put a man, whole bunch of good quarterbacks in there or better than what we have right now. You would see the numbers go up substantially. You feel like also I I don't know the numbers on the penalties, but I'm watching a lot of these games. I've never seen so many fucking. A legal man downfield calls in my in my entire life of watching football. I feel like there's two or three every single game that I watch, and that was probably an off season rule emphasis. Maybe that yeah, that's you know what they it always was like. have. You know they always have. What was at the beginning of last year? There was something at the beginning of last year they were calling like crazy until people just stopped. Remember the taunting, standing over. People. Oh yeah, yeah. They called that like, if you looked at somebody, they started anyone? calling yeah. it, and then it was bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when they they obviously get on their high horses about certain stuff, I agree on that. But yeah, I, I do think it's interesting, man. I think the quarterback thing, I'm probably with you on that, man. Like if you really look through the landscape of the league throughout 32 teams, how many guys would you actually want? Like I know we've done our quarterback rankings and we've talked about this before, but yeah. I don't think it's ever been more glaring than it is now, especially when you consider the amount of undrafted late round guys that are starting in the NFL. It's not even like you have a whole bunch of prospects that are coming in and flaming out. I feel like there's just less and less guys that you even believe in every year. Yeah, um, no that's question. how you have Howell starting games. That's how you get Brock Purdy starting games, right? I'm going like to be we, honest with you, man. The Heisman Trophy winner, surefire number one or number two pick, I am very shaky on in the NFL. You don't like Williams? I don't know how Caleb Williams' game transfers. So do you think Mahomes is the, the only NFL. guy that lives like that, that can actually have success like that? Where like the whole thing is pretty much off script? Oh. Off so a lot of the time it's off script. I mean, and we talk about it all the time. We have quarterback conversations. We don't include Patrick Mahomes because it's not real, right? So I also think there's there's a difference between off script and like a really good script where he has different options and then has the ability to make time to hit that third Sean read on will stuff. Never put it. It's always no. comes back to read for you and the coach every no, 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 time. No, 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 no. I was just, I, I, I was just saying it's Mahomes a really good is, script when Mahomes no, no. fucking runs backwards. I was, and throws it I was body. saying that you have to have the ability to go off the script. I got you. Yeah. And no, make, it comes with trust from the offensive staff. No, yeah. They have to tell him he can. For yeah, sure. sure. For He's sure. not the only quarterback in the league that has that kind of autonomy out there. There's a few guys that can make that happen. So, how do we even get to Mahomes? I'm talking about Caleb Williams anyway. That's <laughs> what I want to know. How do you bring this the, shit back to because Mahomes, of how anyway? Mahomes Because of how Williams plays, the, the biggest comparison would be like a Mahomes type. Man, boy, ain't no Mahomes God, comparison, God. man. Cut the shit, man. Sean doesn't like light-skinned quarterbacks. So what I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to conclusion on, Speaking, Get him no, a Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> I, I'm literally getting ready to defend Dak in about 10 <laughs> minutes here for about probably 15 minutes. So shout out Dak, my boy. But – well, yeah, that, I mean, that's a great example. Like, I have questions about the best guy that they have. A surefire guy. In yeah. the college ranks. And I'm like, man, I don't know, bro. It's just a very difficult position to play. So, yeah. I well, think even you look at Trevor Lawrence. Like, Trevor Lawrence is one of the most hyped quarterback prospects we've ever seen coming in. And he's been good, but he hasn't been 
great. You know, he's probably not where you think Trevor Lawrence would be right now, considering that as a was a freshman at Clemson, we waited three years for this guy to come out the draft. Yeah. Like he was the number one pick. Game the, five in Clemson. He was you the hottest. I mean? He was the hottest thing smoking since Andrew Luck out of college yeah, at the quarterback position. No without question. Without a doubt. Yes. So, and Caleb Williams is the hottest thing smoking since Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, he's got a Heisman. Trevor Lawrence yeah. doesn't have that. He he's gonna put up a lot of points. So yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's uh for example, one of the best quarterbacks, in my opinion, in the world is Justin Herbert. He looked like shit on Monday. Yeah. He looked terrible. Let me fire the coach. He was missing throws left and right. I know he's dealing with a a, a messed up finger on the non-throwing hand, broken middle finger, dislocated, fractured, whatever you want to call it, but he was missing wide open throws and he's got a lot of offensive guys with him, Eckler, Keenan Allen. Um just a lot yeah. of guys. Yeah, so, absolutely, but I put that I put a lot of him on I feel like we talk about McDaniel singular all the time, right? And just that that Black that marriage with, uh, for lack of better, that marriage with Tua, right? And because he has a guy who's in his ear and understands what he's trying to do, and it's it is a marriage. F- yeah, Justin Herbert has he out there solo fucking loads more talent than Tua could ever imagine. You know what I mean? Like Duck, Justin Herbert, we talked about this last week. Justin Herbert, if you want to talk about from a pure talent perspective, if you told me that Herbert's the most one or two most talented quarterback in the league. I wouldn't have too much of an argument with you, right? As far as just from a pure, phys- a pure physical standpoint. But when you watch it, it's just not always there, right? And I think, yeah, Monday night was a great example of that. But just overall, the Chargers are a great example of that. So can it come back to coaching, right? Are some of these teams underachieving because a lot of the coaching that we're seeing in the NFL is just awful? Like, I see bad coaching. And I, t- I maybe I'm – like, for me, I text you about it all the time. Like, some of the coaching things that I see, it makes me sick to my stomach, right? Like there's certain coaches that I watch them in situations and it makes me sick to my stomach bad. And I'll text you about all the time. What are we doing here? Why does Mike McCarthy burn two timeouts in the first three minutes of the fourth quarter? Why, you know what I'm saying? Why do we constantly find the same teams in the same situations where they don't know what's going on? You even have a guy like Sean Payton who doesn't know it's fourth down. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's supposed to be Jesus. Allegedly. So um Yeah, his paycheck know, I, would his paycheck would, would would say so. His paycheck would say so. And the way that he carries himself would say so. So yeah, I don't know. So I guess the last question I have is what what do you do going forward? Is there any way you can fix it? Like how do we how do we better prepare these quarterbacks that are coming yeah. in? Are we rushing guys through too fast? I it mean, used to it, be it like have a guy is. wait, but now you know we, we the, the logic well, also, well, these guys are the coming re- in so much more talented, we gotta play them right away. But also the reason too that we're it seems like there's a lot less guys that can play is because we're we're at a the very peak of asking these guys to throw it mm. 40 literally 40 times a night. Sure. There's none of that like running a rock and splitting. Only only team running the rock and playing D and and it's like 50-50 balance is Philly and uh San Francisco. Philly's not even running the ball that well this year. Yeah. Right. So San Francisco is like the only team in the in, in the league. They got guys, dude. They got Mac Jones throwing the ball forty times, forty-five Never. times. Zach Wilson, forty times. Yeah, it's just not like <laughs> those dudes can't do that. Yeah, it's you're you're just asking them. What did what did Dak do the other night? Twenty-one of twenty-seven. Yeah, and they get killed for it. <laughs> yes, sign a lot of guys up for twenty-one of twenty-seven, 27 and yeah. it would look a lot different, right? If you're gonna ask Derek Carr to throw it forty-five times, yeah. Expect a couple interceptions, bro. Mm-hmm. 
that's just comes with it. So it's all about uh, uh, the the way they would look a lot better is you didn't ask them, you didn't ask so much of them, had a lot more balanced offense. And I think Kyle Shanahan knows that. And that's why he focuses the roster construction with Lynch to be as balanced as possible. That's it, because you it also, hey, because you it also, also it also hurting. helps when you're paying your quarterback eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It gives you quite a bit of flexibility in roster construction. Sure, but you saw what you saw the Cleveland Cleveland was locking shit up. McCaffrey yeah. went out. Purdy had to throw that thing. Purdy started making mistakes. Cleveland's defense is. Legitimate, very legitimate, and I very said that at the beginning. Of the, I'm sitting on a Cleveland wild card ticket. I'm worried that they fuck my fuck around and win the division now. Um, but yeah, their defense is legit. It's been legit. Yeah. That's why I was so strong on them coming in. I'm like, oh, Watson is decent. Um, they're fine, but we don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it seems very, uh, very mysterious situation. I think he's gonna play this week. So come back, but yeah, yeah. Let's move over to Philly. They got it locked in right now. Philly sports. Being a Philly sports fan has to be spectacular at the moment. Phillies up 2-0 in the uh, NLCS. Eagles 5-1, and and they've been good now. They're coming off a Super Bowl run, continue to put it together. It looks like they're going to be a good team for quite a while. I wanted to ask you, what would – what would your ideal situation for Chicago be? Would it be just football, baseball, or would you rather have football, basketball be good? Playoff um, baseball is fun. Obviously, we're not the biggest baseball. Yeah, I don't. Guys. I don't care. Don't both care. teams. Both teams have won in my lifetime, and it's fine. It was cool. It was cool that the White Sox won and they broke their drought. I, you know, it's no secret. I don't like the Chicago Cubs, but I was happy. Not happy that they won, but it was just kind of like, all right, it's over. You know, how long can this go on? And obviously, the city was happy. <laughs> but I don't care. It's over with. If they're never good, if neither of those teams are ever good again, it's whatever to me. You know, I'd like to root for a fun baseball team, but it's not like on my list. Like when we talk about our sports pecking order, baseball has fallen so far down. Like I uh, I yeah. watched 0.3 seconds of uh, Philly and uh, Arizona yesterday, and it was 10 nothing. I was like, I, you can't, you can't I keep me here. I literally you, didn't. You, yeah. can't, you can't keep me here. You know yeah. what I mean? My, my baseball uh, love is in the toilet. Something, anything but that. Um, So, like, yeah, I, I uh, it, it wouldn't matter, man. For me, it's basketball and football. And it's really – I talked about this yesterday with Nikki. It's really football. Um, Like, obviously, I want the, the Bulls to win, and it's great, but I've seen six of them. It would be great to have them win one as an adult, but it's all good. I feel like – my my Bulls cup is full as far as, like, I can't complain. Um, but the Bears, the team that I support probably more than anything, um, has never done anything for me. So, yeah, I would love to be in a position of rooting for a fun football team. I, I, I've rooted for maybe two or three in my entire life and really one that went anywhere, and they didn't even have an offense. So I've never – we've never had the ability to root for a football team. We've never had the ability to get excited about a quarterback. We've never had a Jalen Hurts. We've never had a uh, any of these guys. I don't fucking I don't care. You know, we never had any, we never barely had a Kevin Cobb. Um, so I would love to be in the Philadelphia position. You know <laughs> I mean? uh, um, the, for those who aren't in a big city like Chicago, Chicago bigger than Philly, but Philly's still a, a metropolitan city on the East Coast. Yeah. If you've never been in a major city when a team is making a title run, let alone your football team being very good, and now your baseball team being on the verge of going to the World Series. It is a different 
atmosphere in town. Mm-hmm. It is a different buzz around town. It feels different. That's, what the, that's the best thing about sports. Like no other thing can do that. Literally the city of Chicago, when the Cubs were making the run, when the White Sox were making the run, when the Blackhawks were Black winning Hawks title, time period. Look, we weren't watching hockey, but everybody had fun. It was, it's just different. a different buzz. Yeah. People yeah. are happier. People are spending money. People walking around town, rocking the jerseys and the hats, saying what's up to each other. Absolutely. To the other person that's wearing the hat. That is the best part about your team being very good. The camaraderie, the city is buzzing. Everybody's showing love to everybody. I bet you, Nick, when your sports teams are good, violent crimes are down. Yeah, everything's down. Everybody's having a good time. If the Bears and the and the if the Bears and the Bulls were in the in the position that these Philly sports fans were in, I could guarantee you violent crimes down in, in Chicago. Hey, everybody's have. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give it to you something right now. The Chicago Bears won the Super Bowl on January twentieth, nineteen eighty five. My birthday is October 29th, nineteen eighty six. That's nine months to the date. Everybody's having a good time when your teams are winning. All right, like I'm oh, I got baby. you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get what you were saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, nine yeah, months yeah, to yeah. the man, I'm a Super Bowl baby, so yeah, I get it. Listen, man, and that's why the Bears thing. It always comes back to the Bears. We didn't do a Bears episode this week. That's why the Bears thing is so depressing. Because when you look at the one team in this city that could really unite the town, it's not the Blackhawks. You got a lot of people don't watch the Blackhawks. It's not necessarily the Bulls. I believe the Bulls won right now. You still have ports of the city who aren't going to necessarily go for that. If the Bears won, if the Bears won, this place would be on absolute fire. Like, it's indescribable. We would never – it would be nothing like we've ever seen before. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So that's what makes the Bears thing so hard. Just like when the Eagles won, place was on fire. Meek Mill hasn't paid for a drink since in the town of Philadelphia. Right, like just like when uh, any of these teams, man, like when you when you have this type of success Nick with Foles. your main teams, with the team that everybody, Nick Foles, Nick Foles can do whatever he wants in Philly. <laughs> Nick Foles buys a house; he doesn't pay interest in Philly. You understand what I'm trying to he tell you? Pay, like, you say he's not paying property taxes don't out pay there. Nothing, none of that. <laughs> y'all, y'all hold that eight percent. I'm not paying. <laughs> it's fine, Mr. Foles. They call his wife Mrs. Foles. You know what I'm saying? Like they're good. Um. So, yeah, absolutely. I was talking to Cody, my buddy Cody. Shout out Cody. He's from Toronto, big sports town. Yeah. He told me, and the Leafs, are, the Leafs are like religion in Toronto, right? But the Leafs were like the Cubs. They haven't won in like 50 years. Artists, the, the he, said, he said when the Raptors won, it became a Raptors town. And it is to this day. He goes, there was nothing like it. The whole town was, I was like, was it really that crazy? He's like, bro, the whole town was on fire and it hasn't stopped since. You know what I mean? To the point where it flipped it from, you know, it's still a Leafs town, but he's like, the yeah. Raptors run the show now. So, yeah, man, that shit matters. Absolutely. So, if you're in Philly, you're buzzing. I hate Boston more than – I hate Boston sports. I think Boston sports fans are the worst fans in the world. They've won everything over the past 15 years. The Celtics have won. The Bruins have won. The uh, Red Sox have won. And the Patriots have won several times. So, yeah, of course, man. They're Yeah. We don't get that. Yeah. Our teams win and then decide they don't have to win again. And that's the truth. And you know why? When you have a team that doesn't win for 108 years and people still spend money, what does that tell the other team? We don't got to fucking win either. We can win in 1985 and live off that for 40 years. We can pull six rings in the 90s and guess what? Call for the eighth, eighth seed every single year and we're happy. And then I can use this money to support my baseball team. 
that's what it is out here, man. Yeah. So yeah, I don't even know how we got to this. I know we're trying to talk about Philly, but it's no, 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 like we're that just depresses about me about different, Chicago different. sports. We should be in that. We should be in that that Ilk. situation. I know you see it in New York too, because New York sports teams don't win shit either, as much as they should. Yes, no question. It's the exact same. Like, thing, Knicks so. haven't won since what nineteen was it nineteen seventy eight or something? Yeah, Phil Jackson we, and them yeah, boys. Yeah, 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 never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Phil Jackson and the boys, man. But your Knicks is on their way back. You know what I'm yeah, man, for sure, man. Go Knicks, man. I love them, man. Um. <laughs> Shout out to Knicks, man. You already know how we coming, man. Man, true blue, baby. Blue and orange, dog. NYK all day, Eric. Jalen Brunson, you heard Bing me? Bang. Was it Bing Bong? <laughs> yeah, <I> was a- <laughs> uh, Bing Bong. Bing Bong. Uh, anyways, funny. but yeah, man, it's just like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like, I was just trying to get the overall yeah. – like, if you've never been in a big city when the team is winning, man. It's great. It's, it, it's almost worth, if you're close to Philly, go down there and kick it, try yeah. to catch a game or something just to feel yeah. that atmosphere. For example, I was really thinking about going down Sunday night to Eagles fins because the – I think by that time, the Phillies might damn near be in the World Series. That atmosphere in Philadelphia is going to be, crazy, be crazy on Sunday It'll night. Be, yeah. And they're, they're, they're releasing the Kelly Green uniforms. It's going to yeah. be a big, big, big time party down there. So that'll be – and Philly coming off a, a loss. So that'll be a, a an extravagant atmosphere down there. All right, let's switch over to Dak Prescott, man, because I think – Dakota. Dakota Rain. <laughs> I, I forget his name is Dakota, which is it's, hilarious. It's, it's Dakota Rain Prescott. Yeah, Dakota Rain, DK. He should go by DK Prescott. DK Prescott for sure. Um, DRP. That shit kind of hard too, low key. Anyway, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys go out and get a win Monday night football prime time. Beat everyone's love child, Justin Herbert. Get the win. One score game. First thing I hear on multiple outlets on Twitter is that Dak in the offense and Mike McCarthy were not aggressive enough. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. If he's too aggressive and turns the ball over, there's questions on why are they opening up this much? Dak isn't that guy anymore. He can't throw it. He's more of a game manager. He, they need to rely on Pollard to run the ball, work off play action. He, he can't go out here and be this aggressive with Dak Prescott because he's going to turn it over. So they slow it up. Like I said, 21 of 27. Has a rushing touchdown using his feet extremely well. And he's still catching flack for that. Dak Prescott, why I'm rooting for Dak Prescott is because he is in an absolute no-win situation every week. He has to be perfect Every single week, and even when he plays well and plays really good and they get the W and he's making plays, getting the ball to C.D. Lamb, who had 100-plus, getting the ball to Tony Pollard on a huge play, on a broken play that he made happen with his feet, it's still problems. So I'm rooting for Dak, and I'm a fan of Dak because he is in a shit situation. Every time he gets in front of the mic, they ask him about some shit from last year or why he's turning it over. Listen, listen and, in, and the year what Jerry Jones, in the year 2025, Dak will be answering questions as to why he led the league in interceptions last year. Yes, and what Jerry Jones said in the tunnel after the game and 
Mike McCarthy, he is in a shit situation. And yes, he gets paid handsomely for it. That's part of the job. But man, he can't win for losing. If he plays well and they win, he's still asking questions about aggressiveness and did they do this or that. And then when he plays like shit, they're calling for his, they're calling for Cooper Rush. It's it's just like a it's it's such a nasty spot for him. I'm rooting for him to continue to keep getting W's and continue to keep balling because he is in a rough situation. Well, and isn't it easy? So Jerry Jones came out and criticized the decision to not go for a touchdown at the half, which I mean I would have too. Um, I would have tried to go for. I would have criticized if I'm the owner of the fucking team after a win. But can't Jerry just say, "Hey, I'm really happy we won in a really big game off a of bounce back after last week." I think the team did great. Does he have to like? So I'm talking about even from McCarthy's perspective, he doesn't make it any better. He always feels the need to remind you that he's in charge and there's something that he doesn't like. There's no reason to call out that play before the half. No reason at all. Other than that's what Jerry does, man. So, yeah, I think the people around Dak don't make it any easier. I've been telling you all year, they keep asking about last year's interceptions. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a guy answer for something that happened 52 weeks ago. Like, let's move on. I don't care about Hawaii led the league in interceptions last year. I've moved past it. Um, It seems to be something that can't be let go. But, yeah, you're 100% right, man. No matter what he does, he's going to be ripped apart for it. And he handles it with class. He is a classy guy. Right. He gets up there. He takes it on the chin. It'd be very easy for him to get up there and just be like, man, fuck y'all, right? Like, we're four and two. Like, I'm not trying to hear any of that shit. Like, or I'm sorry, three and three. No, four and two. Four, four and two. two. I'm not trying yeah. to hear any of that shit from y'all. Like, whatever. We just won a game, another primetime game, on the road against a good quarterback. And uh, that's not what the narrative is, man. It's always just what they did wrong, and your owner doesn't make it any better. Your owner still won't commit to you. Jerry Jones will not commit to Dak long term. If they ask him about it, it's always like, well, yeah, he's our guy, but it's not the way you would say it, right? Like yeah. you talked about C.J. Stroud. If you were to ask McNair, whoever owns the Texans, about C.J. Stroud, he'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm not. I, all I see is C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud. I'm going to name my kid yep. C.J. Stroud, right? Yep. With him, it's like, oh, yeah, well, we got to pay Micah. We got to pay this person. So we're going to see. It's like you're almost set. It's the same thing you did last time. You're setting it up for what's going to be a tense contract negotiation, right? So you constantly have him on edge. You're never committing to him. And then he's going out there and he's getting killed in the media with dumb shit after a win. So, yeah, and I'm not Mr. Dak Prescott, but I'm with you on it, man. Like, it is kind of crazy how this guy gets treated. When a lot of other quarterbacks, it's just kind of let go. But I think that, again, like, it's because the owner doesn't make it any better. Jerry, Jerry, he's not Jerry's guy. He never has been. You know what it, you know it kind of reminds well. me of? And we'll get into this as the NBA starts. I gave it out, or I'm, I'm going to give it out here for the NBA. I like the Dallas Mavericks team total under 43 and a half, or win total under, under 43 and a half. You know what this reminds me of? Every time I see Luca answer a question about Kyrie, it seems forced. There's no enthusiasm. He does. He is still. He's not all the way in on this situation that he's in in Dallas. And every time I see him get asked about it, that's the feeling I get. That's you know my what? read. That's my view of the situation. But they were five eleven together to close it. To close the hold up real quick. To close the to close the year last year. 
They haven't played all preseason. They've been dealing with injuries going back and forth. I I, I don't – I'm trying to – and then they, they add what, Grant Williams? Yeah, who, who uh, could not play for the Celtics last year. <laughs> the, the, de- the, the defense in, in, on that side of the ball should get blown out. I, they they uh they drafted the guy from Duke. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, he's supposed to be a defensive uh, yeah, they, anchor. They say he's going to start. Yeah, yeah, he's going to start. Oh, yeah, they don't have any bigs. They have no bigs. Yeah. So, I don't want to get all the way into the NBA, but yeah, it reminds me of every time I hear Luca address a question about the team and Kyrie and meshing and how they're going to get along. It's like fine. But it's not like, yo, this is my guy, not, and I can't a, wait to get on the floor, and we're going to try to go out there and be a top four team in the West. I never get emphatic. that. Feeling. Yes, exactly. Not emphatic. Hey, real quick, um, only because you have a, you have a good meter on this. You you called Russell Wilson before everything hit the fan. I remember we had the episode, and you were like, "Hey, this, I think this guy's a nightmare behind the scenes." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, Do you get that same vibe with Luca. Behind the scenes, this guy might be a bit. He might be a bit difficult. He's a young guy, but. Like the Russell thing was a different way, right? Yeah, like, for sure. He, it was he was a fucking yeah. I think behind the scenes he may be getting I think there's a difference between impatient and a nightmare. He's starting to be like, man, been here what? How long has Luca been there now? This is year six, year five? Yeah, but it's not it's not it's not like it's all the organization's fault. Well, it, I think in his eyes, he's like, I know it's not mine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, what are y'all going to do? And what are we got? Similarly to what? You know, that Giannis shit. Yeah. Well, Giannis just, is different, though. Giannis doesn't, show up to the, Giannis but, doesn't show up to the arena overweight and take a few days off yeah, and come true, back 20 pounds true. heavier. But what I'm getting at is he was, he was still getting a little impatient before this damn thing. Oh, he, and he was sure. letting it be known, right? He wouldn't sign the contract. Similarly, that every time I hear Luca, he kind of just seems irritated. He's not like very, he's not super happy. No. In my opinion, every time I see him. So is he a nightmare behind the scenes? I'll say that, yeah. I wouldn't say he's a nightmare behind the scenes yet, but I think he's starting to really question things. And Derek like, Lively, yeah, who you're talking about. Derek Lively's who I'm talking about. Yeah. He's the the dude, the six eleven, seven footer from Duke. That yeah, I actually watched, I actually watched a bunch of film on him yesterday. Uh, with him just being the defensive anchor, playing in the pick and roll. But then I was thinking about, it. I'm like, this dude's gonna be playing the pick and roll with fucking Seth Curry and Kyrie. He's gonna be on an island all yeah. night long, all night long. So and he's a rookie. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not playing with Drew Holiday back yes, there. He's like, gonna yeah. be running pick and roll with literally Luca, he, he, who he's has. Gonna get a, he's gonna get attacked every. Oh my gosh! They're gonna they're gonna put him in pick and roll all night. Attack him at the basket. And he's gonna have to make decision after decision after decision yeah, against Joker and Murray or yeah. LeBron and AD or whoever in the out west. Yeah. 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 So, and also, I know I just said we weren't gonna talk about the NBA, but because we'll get to that, the Dallas Mavericks. We're like 25th, 25th in defensive rating after like the last couple months when, when uh, Kyrie got there. And some of that is a little is a little swayed because they tanked the rest of the year at the end they of did. the year and didn't they play. Sure did. But they they were like top 10 in fast break points allowed on D. So in other words, they're not getting cooked in transition. Dallas is one of the slowest teams in the NBA. Well, remember, that not, was Kyrie's problem. Kyrie's yes. like, why are we playing so slow? They're not. Like, what are we doing here? 
their pace is one. They're one of the slowest teams in the NBA, especially when Luka is running things, which yeah. that's who's running things. They don't give up a ton of fast break points, so they're not getting beaten transition. They're literally getting put in half court and just getting scored on over and over and over. Stop anybody. Yeah. So that oh, Grant, that team, Grant Williams is their solution to that. Yeah, that's a 39-40 win team. Dwight Powell still there. Yeah. It's a lot of the same guys. Tim Hardy. 40, 43, 43 is absurd. Lively is going to be playing pick and roll D with Kyrie, Luka, Seth Curry, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. That's zero. Style. Yeah. So For, we'll I don't, I don't know how there. they got that at 43. Uh that that's probably yeah, that, that's I think, I think that's just like it's just a 41, 40 win, 41, 40, 41 I, win I, basketball. I, I actually think things could go really ugly there. Yeah, uh, Simmons so, was talking about it yesterday. He said Kyrie hasn't had a normal NBA season since 2017. So we're banking yeah, on him having one that. this year. Yeah. I mean, history like history is telling you something's going to happen with him out of the ordinary. You'd be surprised Bro, if it didn't. We talked about this when he started pulling that bullshit in Boston. I said, oh, yeah. no, bro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is complete. He's completely out of pocket here. Yeah, he's out of here. You asked to go ago. to Boston. That was pre-pandemic. They gave, they gave you the full keys to the franchise, and he was saying all types of crazy shit in the tunnel. Yeah. He was doing all types of shit. So hated him. Yeah, so th- we, we don't got to get too, too much into that. But I did want to talk about Dak. I think he's in a really tough situation. So if you hate Dak, I don't know how. I'm rooting for Dak every single week because the nonsense that he has to deal with on a weekly basis is ridiculous. In yeah, my I got opinion. nothing against him as a person. I don't think he's the great, the greatest quarterback, but yeah, I got nothing against him as a man. I'm definitely rooting for him because I think that yeah, again, the odds are stacked against him, and it makes it worse that your owner, who we talk about all the time, is a traveling press conference. But even yeah, always a- throws you under the bus. And like, listen, last year the offense was. Pretty good. They were good on offense. They get rid of Kellen Moore. Kellen, he, this is what Dak's, this is Dak Prescott's situation. He has an offensive coordinator that's younger, came in and opened it up. Mike McCarthy's arguing with said offensive coordinator because he thinks he doesn't run the ball enough, but they're having success. So the head coach and the offensive coordinator aren't on the same page, which clearly affects the quarterback. And then you're dealing with the owner. This well, is McCarthy this, got rid of like, Kellen Moore dude, because Kellen Moore was a threat. Right, but what? That's but that's what I'm getting. He was that's a threat. What but that's what yeah. I'm getting at. Dak yeah. is in a room with a coach and an offensive coordinator that aren't on the same page. He's there, and then right down the right down the facility hallway, Jerry Jones is is talking about Cooper Rush. Yeah, like this is the type of shit that Dak is dealing with on a year to year, week to week basis, and it's just a lot of quarterbacks aren't aren't being wouldn't be successful at all, let alone solid as Dak has been in a lot of big spots. And then when he's losing games, he's literally losing games in the playoffs to the best defensive team in the NFL. You know how many teams have gotten beat up by the Niners in the last two years? Damn near all of them. All of them. No, man, Dak's my guy, man. I'm going to rock with Dak till the wheels fall off. I hope they the win Dak, the Super didn't Bowl. Dak, didn't see the, you're right. Dak, you, didn't have, you didn't have a good 15 for Dak here. It's just the truth, though. It's the truth. All right, Sean's rocking with Dak. He he has no solid guy. Like, like he has no solid. He's he's standing in the fire alone a lot. Okay, so I will say this. I'm going to push back only on this, right? Like, yes, the outside noise for sure is very loud on Dak. But here's one thing I'll push it back on that Dak or anybody can ever argue with, right? A lot of quarterbacks can sit and look around and be like, Y'all have done nothing to fucking help me. 
the not the Cowboys have always, always prioritized bringing in talent, no matter the cost. Make yep. a big trade, move up in the draft to get you a receiver. Bring in this guy, bring in that guy. So from that perspective, I will never sit here and tell you that they have not done everything possible and drafted extremely well to help Dak Prescott out, right? So, again, there's a lot of quarterbacks who can look around and be like, y'all haven't helped me at all, right? You guys have made misfire after misfire. You haven't prioritized my development. You haven't brought in people who are going to assist in that development. You haven't surrounded me on the talent. Offensive line Cowboys has been roster, very good. Oh, my God. It's been good for – it's one of, the, one of the best offensive lines in the league for 10-plus years. Going way back, right? Going way back. So – um, and they've all and Jerry has always prioritized bringing in talent. So I will say that I'll give him that. You made it sound like for a second there, like they're just throwing Dak on. It's not on a playing island. They're for sure no. throwing him on a post game, pre game. It's a lot of dysfunction. It's island. a lot of it's a yes. lot of dysfunction going on. But they have given him the tools to win. Nick, who was they've his? Given him the tools Nick, on the field to win. Who was his quarter or who was his head coach before Mike Jason McCarthy? Garrett. Okay. All right, like let's be serious here. Yeah, let's be serious on what's, but what's look been at the going talent, on. But they have brought in talent on that roster. You got pro, you got all pro players all over the place. I don't know if any team has more all pro guys running around. Man, maybe the Niners. Um, than, uh, than maybe the, the Niners. Yeah, the Niners. Jimmy Garoppolo, that talent that boy had for years. Yeah, are you crazy? But, but, but okay, well, Dak's talent. No, he's got a lot, a lot of it, but. What I'm getting at is this dude is in the fire every week if he plays good or not. And I didn't want that to come off as an anti-Dak thing, but I just don't want I don't want people to sit here and make it seem like Dak is like, you know, out here really struck like their 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 odds are stacked against him on the field because they are not. That is a very talented roster and they have done everything possible to make that roster good. And maybe that's why Jerry feels so empowered to say what he says cuz like look, I give y'all boys everything. I want no. more. Well, that I, I agree and he's not wrong. Yeah. There's better ways to go about all the shit that he does in my and opinion. And he hasn't but been to comp- like, 1999 was, was the look, last. It's, uh, hard to, it's hard to tell the guy signing all the checks that y'all, y'all <laughs> motherfuckers is fucking around. Spent a lot okay, of money okay, on the stadium. Okay. <laughs> and, and this boy wants a new deal next year? Like, come on, man. What are we about. talking about? So, but yes, let's move over to Belichick before we get out of here. Because I got to – I was just thinking about this yesterday, and I talked about it on my show on MSG, man. Go check out the Juice Bar, by the way, on MSG. Download the app. Go check it out. It's actually – the new show is live today at noon, so in an hour. So go check that out. But Bill Belichick, situation is nasty over there. I was thinking about this, Nick. So he's been the GM and the coach since 2000. Been running the show as the GM specifically since 2000. He's been calling the shots. He hasn't really been doing that well, calling the shots as of late, especially since Tom Brady left. We know that story. Things I've been reading is that what, what, where do we go from here with Bill Belichick? What do we do? Could we keep him as the coach and strip away the GM duties? In my opinion, you absolutely have to keep him on as is or take him off. Because what I was thinking about, Nick, on what, Nick, how old is Bill Belichick? Do you know? 72. Bill Belichick is 71 years old. The youngest GM in the NFL is Andrew Barry of the Browns. He's 36. A lot of these GMs coming in are 
low around in their 40s is like the median. You mean to tell me you're gonna strip Belichick of his GM and then go get a 40-year-old yeah, to right. tell Belichick Who what to do with the roster and how to shape it? <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. It's all or nothing. So it's all or nothing. You gotta strip him across the board, coach, GM, clean that out because if he's still in the building. He still has the sway of everybody. And I think Robert Kraft knows that. So that was just some, how do you feel about that? Just like it, there's never, you either have to get rid of him or keep him. There's no in between. You can't strip him of being the GM or the coach that he's had a post for 23 plus years. And he's 71 years old. I don't Listen. know a 70. I don't know a regular 71 year old that's changing his routine. You mean to tell a, me you're going to, you're going to get a 71 year old belt dude with that's resoundingly known as one of the best coaches in NFL history, and then you're going to get him a GM that's 40 years old telling him what to do with a roster? Right, and what you're also not going to do is bring in some super veteran GM who's going to be headstrong and try to butt heads with Bill Belichick because his way is the highway too. So there is no there is no path to keeping him there. I've been saying all year it's time for him to go. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you some names. All right, yeah, Patriots. Offensive skill position players drafted in the first three rounds since 2012, and did they get a second contract? 2013, Aaron Dobson, no second contract. Garoppolo, no second contract. Brissett, no second contract. Joe Thurney, Sony Michelle, Isaiah Wynn, Yodini Kajuste, Damian Harris, Nikhil Harry, Dalton Keene, Devin Asiasi, Matt Jones, and then last year's draft was Tyquan Thornton and Cole Strange. None of those players received a second contract from the New England Patriots. None of those play. I, I couldn't tell you who half those it's, guys are. It's All a, I can tell you is that he drafted Sony Michelle over Lamar Jackson. I remember that. Bill Belichick. Some it's of the fire, shit, it's, this is fireable stuff. Well, fireable was what he did last year. Matt Jones has had a solid rookie year, especially in the beginning. Right, tailed off a little bit in the end. Well, that happens with a lot of rookies once they kind of figure you out a bit. Instead of building on that, he inexplicably decides to go the next year. Decides to go with no offensive coordinator. And has a special teams coach and a former defensive co- coordinator be the guys that are in Matt Jones' ear. Yeah, it's, it's there is no reason. Malpractice. It didn't make sense at the time. It didn't make sense while it was happening. It does not make sense now as to why you would ever do that with a quarterback. It's decisions like that that I think sometimes he does shit. He said because I can't, because I think it's the right thing. I don't have to answer to anybody, because- especially. Yeah, Joe Judge, what he was, what he Joe did with Judge the, and Matt Patricia, what he did with the Giants, he fired coaches, and then to come, yeah, it was inexcusable. Patricia There's, leaves the Lions; they become one of the best teams in the NFL. Troy Brown has been the wide receiver coach for the the uh, the Patriots for I think like six or seven years. Yeah. Guess what? Troy Brown played for Belichick yep. throughout the Super Bowl era. Played two ways. He's just backfilling positions with his guys. Yeah. And the guys aren't very good. Like they aren't it's very just, good. Just clear but, what what's going on. But I mean, the drafting stuff like that's crazy. You want to talk about? You know, we, we we talk so much about Aaron Rodgers and what they didn't do for him. All those Super Bowls and really, Tom masked how bad that Patriots situation was because you removed Tom from that thing and it fell completely apart. And remember, yeah. after Tom left, remember it was like, oh, they got all this cap space. We talked about it. He gave Jonu Smith a bunch of money. He gave two Hunter Henry ends. a bunch of money. Two tight ends a bunch of money, yeah. thinking he could redo Hernandez and Grock. Didn't work yeah. out. The defense has slowly been slipping, right? 
offensively, this team, we just talked about over the last three games, they're averaging 6.7 points. Do you know how hard it is to average seven points a game over three weeks in the NFL? Like, you're not fixing anything at this point. So the product on the field is bad. The product off the field is bad. And let's keep it honest. We know this guy has no walk in the park to deal with, right? So, (laughs) and and all that's good when you're winning. Like, you deal with Bill being a complete asshole and probably being an asshole to craft and everybody in the building because you're winning six Super Bowls. But as soon as that's out, Right. And you're doing shit like getting rid of offensive coordinators and making a special teams guy who was a failure at the New York Giants or taking defensive coordinators who was a failure at the Detroit Lions and making them the number one voices in your ear of your second year quarterback. Because we all know Bill is a defensive guy. Bill is not an offensive coach. So it's not like, hey, it's on me. I'm going to call the plays. You weren't calling the plays. Mm -hmm. You just said, fuck it, man. I'm not even going to develop this guy. That's egregious. You took him 10th overall. Or 14th, whatever it was. It was top 15 pick. He just said, eh. And maybe Matt Jones isn't that good. But you want to talk about all-time decisions on a young quarterback. Who does that? Who does that? And then the team this year is worse. You're not getting any better. We talked about it before. There's nothing from this team you would pull away. There's no good players. Even the special teams. Remember how lights out the special teams used to be? Terrible. Special teams is bad, too. The team is all. The team is awful. This might be the worst team in the NFL. Outside of the Panthers, who are actively not trying to win football games and are just about the Bryce Young development. But if the Panthers and the fucking – oh, they beat the Panthers, didn't they? Is that the only team they beat? Um, They beat somebody. They, they beat the Jets. Years. Was it the Jets? I believe they beat the Jets, yeah. Yeah, whoever it was, whatever it was. Um, Outside of that, I mean, this team is – Yeah, they beat the Jets. 15 15-10. 15-10. <laughs> Come yeah. on, man. What are we talking? Oh, yeah, they lost the pay- the Saints 34. They lost they, to the Saints 34 to nothing. The they Saints- gave up 34. Yeah, that's nasty. The Saints suck. Yeah. At home. In Foxborough. And now, and now they have Buffalo, the Dolphins, the Commanders, the Colts, the Giants. But you don't have next a rest to- till the Giants, maybe. And the Giants versus the Patriots. Oh my God. You might the not ne- be able to ne- yeah, that one. These are for sure five straight losses playing yep. the Bills and then playing the Dolphins. No doubt. Yeah, so, and then again, man, like, and I'm telling you, I don't think the relationship between him and Kraft is great. There was the whole Jimmy Garoppolo power struggle. Yeah. All of that, man. Like, there's been a lot of shit. There's been a lot Kraft of shit. Kraft just got married, though. He got a new little young chick, man. Nah, he's not really like Yeah, him. but, you know, he's not, he's, not getting his, he's not getting his weekly release. You know what I'm saying? You know when it gets hard for Kraft, he got to pull the limo before he catches the flight to the championship yeah, game. Yeah, man. Know? He got to pull that to the Hunter, spot, right? Big Hunter. Bro, I've never seen a story disappear like that story. Yo, what? Remember they're supposed to release the tape? Bro. They were supposed I, to release bro, the tape, hey. and you never you ever heard about that shit. Robert, he played the, made the, bet, the money. I have never seen a story disappear <laughs> like that one. The money. They they have hey, they had my man dead to rights. They have they have the tape. Bro, they had him dead to rights. They had him pulling up outside. You know, you hop out the he before, hopped before out he hopped on the pizza he to hopped. go to the championship. <laughs> 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 you probably gotta walk it out like this. He hopped out the limousine, bro. Walked in the spot, bro. They had my man dead to rights, bro. The they had a camera in the room, dog. Disappeared like something bro, I've never on. seen out of a I'm movie, need, bro. I'm gonna need those tapes. That shit can never see the light of day, bro. Never, bro. How never. much? You, how much? Chance. I wonder how much he gave up on that. It didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, he he probably gave up a big bag was, for that. It was the name your price tool. <laughs> <laughs> 
whoever, whoever, whoever had that joint was the name your price to old boy. I'd have been like, look, Rob, this shit's worse than you think. Hell no, nah, come on, bro. You got Robert Yo, hold on, let me, let me, mall, let me. <laughs> Hold on, let me. Let me ask you this, Nick. Hold on, let me ask you this. What is uh? What's the? So you're you're Robert Kraft. Oh man, this is your whatever. How how old is Robert Kraft? Let me look 80. it up. Even more, he older than eighty, bro. He's old as shit. Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft 82. is eighty two. Let me ask you this, Nick. So that's the, he was probably like seventy seven. You you're you're Robert Kraft. You're a billionaire. You got infinite money. What what what's the what's the number? Where, where, so what if my man's on the price the name your price tool? What number are you what number are you saying like yo fuck it just release the tape? D. I don't Wait, even care. Ah uh, man, I'm like what if he come in there asking for crazy bread? Well, like a hundred million? Yeah, he. Well, won, you're not he gonna won, get that. He wants because ultimately, mil. ultimately, the person with the tape doesn't get too much out of releasing it. So you want to extort Robert Kraft? So I'm, yeah, a good twenty mil. That's a twenty million dollar tape, probably twenty mil. I'm happy with if I have that tape and you give me twenty mil, I'm happy. I'm fine here. You can have it. There's no way he gave him that much, but it, oh, he gave man. him a million. It was in the millions. Well, because then because you got to leverage it out like TMZ. I wonder like how much is TMZ paying for that joint? Well, that's probably how it works. I'm shopping the tape. Listen, I'm calling. I'm getting an listen, agent. Bro, I'm listen. calling Eli. <laughs> I'm like, bro, listen what I got. Hey, it's like Blagojevich. Remember when they had the Blagojevich tape? This thing is gold. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like that tiger hey, tape. Thing, this the, yeah, the tiger voicemail. Yes. Hey, it's tiger. Oh, yo, I got, I got a, hey, I got a tape like, for you, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna need moving on up type shit. Like, yeah, yeah man. Dog, I'm, I'm. If I had that tape, yeah, I'm, yeah. You yeah, wouldn't see me so. anymore. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Shout out Bill Belichick and the Patriots. That's a really nasty situation. I would say situations in the NFL, the Bears aren't even number one anymore. I think I oh. think the Patriots are in the worst situation. I think then it goes to the Broncos. That Terrible. situation in Denver with how much money Russell's making, with a with a coach now making bukus of money with new ownership that just came in what last year. <laughs> That situation is nasty. You can't get off that deal. His deal, there's three deals in the NFL right now, quarterback deals, that have buyers, big-time buyers remorse. No, it's Russell Wilson. Yeah. It's Kyler Murray, because, again, that deal has not kicked in yet. And the worst one, if you really look at the contract details with Deshaun Watson, have you looked at Deshaun Watson's dead cap numbers? Like No, well, it, they got to be like 80 mil. No, dog, it's like $120 million. It, 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 it never <laughs> decreases because it's fully guaranteed. So because of the way that the deal is, I looked at this the other day because I'm like, you know, that situation sounds bad. Like, I know it's fully guaranteed, but like, is there any way you can get out of it? Dog, their dead cap for this year is 220. Next year is 200. The year after that is 137. The year after that is 73 million. And then the last year is he's still got time to be. He still got time to be good, though. $200 million dead cap number, dog. He doesn't yes, have time. Yes. He has time to do whatever the fuck he wants. No, but, but that's what I mean. Yeah, no, he, for sure. Yeah, you feel the best be. about that one. Like, yeah. Murray, the Murray one to me is interesting because they don't want... They never... We, we can go back to what we talked about when it first happened. They never wanted to sign him. He didn't necessarily want to sign there, but he he's, wanted the money. He, he's strong on the crazy. He's called his girlfriend at halftime. 
He plays video games. Like, they were doing everything possible. To he, and then he dropped that letter on the ass. And then he dropped a letter on him, and he got his deal. But, like, his contract, you're not getting off of that. Everybody's like, oh, is, is, is uh, uh, what's-his-face going to go to um, the Cardinals? I'm like, how are they getting out of this deal? That deal kicks in next year. Dead cap, $52 million, $45 million, 50, His dead cap number goes up, $56 million. 40, there's no yeah. out of the Kyler Murray deal till 2028. That's your quarterback. Unless you, you gotta, want to pay $60 million for him not to call be the on cat your man. team. You got to call the cat man. Get the Rams cat man. Yeah, you need the Rams guy. Get the Rams guy. Folks understand the money. That's Monopoly money. He understands the deal because they're paying everybody. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave it there for No Catch-Up. Sports Talk via Chicago. For Big Nick, the Quick Nick Harvey, I am your host, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe, tell a homie to tell a friend. We'll see y'all next week.